Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. This is the Dan Abrams Lawn Crime Podcast with Sirius XM Radio. The great First Amendment titan, Floyd Abrams, also known as my father, to come on the show. And I, I want to point out that, yes, my father has represented a bunch of media entities. And my dad is no fan of Donald Trump. He is also so principled that he will go where the law takes him. That's why he represented Mitch McConnell in the Citizens United case, much to the chagrin of many on the left. It's why he's often critical of the ACLU for being too political as opposed to First Amendment focused. And that's why he's the perfect guest to talk about this. Dad, thanks for coming back on the show. It's good to be back. All right. So first, let's just get your overall reaction to the lawsuit, Donald Trump is citing again and again freedom of speech. They cite in every one of the three cases the First Amendment. What do you make of it? Well, look, he's really turning the First Amendment on its head. Uh, the idea that he has a uh, right to be on Facebook, or he could as well say on this broadcast, uh, or on you know any means of communication because he wants to speak, he wants to get his side out, is uh, 100% inconsistent with the First Amendment. First Amendment protects us, remember, you know, against the government. That, that's the idea of it. First Amendment starts out, Congress will make no law. And Congress has later been understood to be, well, all right, the, the, the whole United States, and then after the Civil War, and the states too. But it's an official body interfering in the process of you or me or anyone uh, having his or her say. Uh, this is the opposite of that. He, he wants to get a court order requiring an independent, privately owned entity, Facebook and its competitors, uh, to put him on and keep him on whenever he wants. Uh, that's not what the First Amendment is about. Because Facebook this would, because, I was just going to say, yeah, because this, this would effectively tell Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and others that they're not allowed to impose their own standards, right? right? Yeah, exactly. For example, Facebook has standards against having racist speech on. Now, some of that speech is constitutionally protected. The government couldn't put someone in jail from engaging in it. But Facebook says, we don't want to be a part of that. And they have the right to make that decision. That's their First Amendment right. Uh, and that's true with a variety of decisions that, you know, any entities that speaks out or uh, provides a place for others to speak out, those entities have the First Amendment right to choose who their speakers are or if there are any speakers at all. And that's what the First Amendment protects, those people in those situations, not the person who says, you're not giving me a fair break. I want to be on your platform. So the, so the case at its core 
I can't withstand what one judge once called the, the slightest breeze uh, of the First Amendment. Now, he would argue, he is arguing in this case that the social media companies have worked so closely with federal entities. They talk about how you know, they testified in front of Congress, all this pressure they were getting from Congress, et cetera, that they've risen from private actors to state actors. What do you make of that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so as lawyers obviously understand that what I said a moment ago, you know, is really undisputed, indisputable about what the law is. So they're saying, all right, Facebook is the government. That's why we can go to court. Because the Facebook is the government and the government is discriminating against us. But the problem is that's just not what the English language leads to. It's not what the, what the law says. Yeah, he's alleged that they, that they were pressured by, by Democrats, which is true, uh, uh, as pressure is also part of what's First Amendment protected. They have the right to pressure him. A vice, uh, former President Trump has, has the right to, to denounce them. That's the First Amendment. But the, but the fact that they, they were pressured at, at worst, at the most extraordinary level, might give Facebook the right to say Congress is in interfering with our First Amendment rights. What it doesn't do is to say, well, okay, now Facebook is therefore the equivalent of the federal government. That, it just doesn't work. And, and, and to be clear, <clears throat> the legal standard, which w- where a private entity can be considered a state actor, is when they are doing something that is basically exclusively governmental, even if the act sort of is a, you know, serving the greater good or for a public interest, that, that's not a good enough. Um, an example would be, you know, um, an entity that is uh, running an election or operating um, maybe a, a prison or a town or something. Um, that's, the, the exception is so limited that this isn't even close. And it sounds like what he's saying is that the federal officials, when he was the president, (laughs) were conspiring with the social media giants to become part of the government. So his argument is, in essence, that when I was president, they were effectively part of the government. That's what he's saying, or that's the logic uh, of what are you saying? Uh, and and it just, it doesn't work. And, and it's really hard to believe that his lawyers think it can work. Let me ask you this. I've been asked this question. Um, do you think that this is a frivolous enough lawsuit that the lawyers who filed it should face sanctions? Actually, I do. Uh uh, uh, I mean, I, it just seems to me this is so far over the ledge. It, it, it is, it, it, the claim is so indefensible that while the judges, believe me, judges don't like to make rulings like that, in effect, punishing lawyers. Uh, if this were in a state court, a lot of states, you know, where, where a, a, a lawsuit is filed, which is plainly against the, the, the First Amendment, 
you can get your council fees back if you're the other side. That, that's not federal law now, but, but you know, that's, that's what would happen there. Do I think that would happen here? No. Uh, I mean, the, you know, the uh, entities, they run the, the judicial system, first of all, need someone to come in and say, like Facebook saying, you ought to punish them. They could do it on their own, but I just don't think it's likely to happen. But do I think it could happen in, in this case, because this case is so legally indefensible? The answer is yes. Talking to Floyd Abrams, the great First Amendment lawyer, my dad, who's represented everyone from Mitch McConnell uh, to The New York Times on First Amendment uh, related cases talking to us about the lawsuits, and there are three of them, filed by Donald Trump against the various um, social media giants, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Do you think that filing three lawsuits is an effort to hopefully find a judge who will allow it to get past the initial phase of the case? Yeah, I mean, that's that's possible. It's also just a way to get out, uh, perhaps, you know, more more coverage. You know, mm-hmm. This case yeah. moves slowly. That case moves more quickly to to keep him in the news. Uh, I mean, that that could be another motive. And and, 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 and it could help. Maybe it can help with his fundraising. I mean, that that's not my field. But but. You know, maybe by going after three separate ones and three separate lawsuits, he thinks or his people think that that that'll make it seem to be, uh, you know, a more important threat that I don't view this as much of a threat because it seems to me the law is so clear that that nothing, nothing really is going to happen except these these enormous entities are going to have to spend some money on lawyers. And we should say that Donald Trump in the past has admitted that he uses the law as a tactic. He was on the Megyn Kelly show on Fox News in May of 2016. He said, it's a tactic for me. It's a business for me. I've been successful and I've, you know, used litigation. And sometimes I use it maybe when I shouldn't. And sometimes I don't. And this is clearly one of those cases where he is using litigation as a tactic and to make a broader point. And people who don't understand the law particularly well uh, will say, yes, yes, finally, someone's taking on big tech. But this is not the way to do it. By the way, if any of you disagree, feel free to call 866-967-6887. One more question, Dad, before we get to the calls. Section 230, which has been mentioned a lot. Talk to us about it and how it's relevant to the lawsuit. Yeah. Section 230 of of the federal law, the Communications Decency Act, was enacted for the purpose of allowing the Internet uh, to get off the ground. Uh, And what it basically says is that if, if Facebook has someone on one of its platforms that libels someone else, that Facebook's not responsible. You can bring a lawsuit against the person who said it, but not Facebook. That, that sort of protection 
has been an enormous protection for the social media entities. Facebook, as former President Trump points out, has over 2 billion subscribers. I mean, can they really keep track? Do we want them to really keep track of everything one person says about the other or, or, the, or the like? So Section 230 says no liability. Now, Section 230 is not a First Amendment. Section 230 is an act of Congress. Congress can repeal it. Congress didn't have to pass it. And there are people in both parties, by the way, and including President Biden before he was in office, who criticized Section 230 as being, in effect, too protective uh, of the, these enormous uh, social media uh, entities. But what President, former President Trump is saying now is, is that that has to fall because the effect of it is that they could decide not to put them on. Uh, it's really not a, not a serious argument. Um, and uh, my, my view is that Section 230 probably will pass constitutional muster if and when it's really seriously challenged. I think more likely is it really might be limited in its scope, and, and that might happen under any administration. I mean, there's a lot of concern on a bipartisan basis about the, the fact that there, are, in effect, there are no limitations uh, on the sort of power that, that these uh, entities have. Uh, and, you know, with that sort of power, they certainly make mistakes. And beyond mistakes, you know, they may do some other stuff with, of which we, as a people, disapprove. So, I mean, Congress can do what it, what it, what it chooses to do. Uh, Congress, l let us be optimistic for the moment, representing the public, can say Section 230 goes too far and here are our limitations on it. But I don't believe for a moment that a court, let alone a court in this litigation, is going to simply uh, uh, strike it down. Talking to Floyd Abrams, the First Amendment um, attorney, constitutional scholar, my dad, uh, who has represented everyone from uh, Mitch McConnell to various media entities. I keep saying that to make it clear that my dad has often taken positions that are not popular with um, folks on in his political party, and he takes First Amendment issues um, case by case, regardless of the politics, and that's the way he's lived his life, um, that the First Amendment comes first, politics comes second. Um, so let's go to um, Iowa and Shannon. Hi, Shannon. How you doing? What's going on? Hey, good. Yeah, I just wanted to um, note this. Well, number one, this lawsuit is completely frivolous. He's asking to upend the Constitution. First, I mean, it's ridiculous. But this Section 230 part, I wonder, I used to be kind of against it. You know, you get angry at these companies. But after looking into it a little bit, if you were to upend Section 230, Trump would have been kicked off sooner, censored sooner. And the same goes for the general public. If you want to get rid of Section 230, you're, you're, you're going to see more censorship once, once these companies are liable for your words. And I, Floyd Abrams? So I guess I did it. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that it is the, the inevitable result 
of the of striking 230 in its entirety that will have less speech, much less speech, much less controversial speech, because uh, even Facebook, with all the vast amount of money it has, cannot run the risk uh, of of a series of a, a, a series more than a series, an enormous amount of lawsuits uh, based on what people who are online have to say. Uh, and so the the effect of it, uh, the caller is quite right, is is that uh, Donald Trump, who has frequently, you know, uh, said things about people which could give rise to legal actions if, if there was no protection, uh, could much more likely be cut on, on a, an even more a firmer basis than is now the case. And more important, that in general, <clears throat> the expression of controversial views expressed in the way, you know, people talk on the internet, you know, like real people, not like lawyers, uh, is, is going to wind up with an awful lot less speech. And that's not good. Thank you, Shannon. Let's go to Danny in Texas. Hey, Danny, what's going on? What do you got? Not much. I do agree with uh, everything um, your dad is saying because uh, I do agree with everything with uh, Mr. Floyd Abrams because, uh, you know, anything that Trump says on the Internet, he will announce it on, on his um, campaigns. And most of the time it does affect us, especially here in El Paso with Patrick Crucius. You know, once he heard that invasion down in Texas, he came and uh, killed 23 people. But the one that's not going to be getting uh, uh, their uh, finger pointed at is Trump because everybody's going to protect Trump. And I'm just talking about, you know, the, the ones that are going to be suffering are the, are the supporters, you know, the ones that follow his lead. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate it. Let's go to Todd in Pennsylvania. Todd, what's going on? What do you got? Technical question, and it also was raised for me when the Trump campaign was suing the Times and the Post saying defamation which is, have any of these entities ever thought about, rather than trying to get out on the pleading, just going, all right, let's go to discovery, deposing Trump with the hopes, well, not really the hopes, but, you know, to get out later on a later on a summary judgment motion or something else, and call Trump's bluff rather than trying to get out now. You know, you know I like, very, go ahead, go ahead, Doug. Yeah. Now, now, I'm just going to say, uh, uh, yes, it's a, a very interesting question. Uh, many years ago, I represented the American Lawyer publication in its early days. So we're going back a lot of years. Um, and they did that. We did that uh, in, in one, one case on, on purpose, uh, you know, saying exactly what, what the caller's saying. Well, we, we're not going to make a motion to dismiss. We want to go ahead with discovery. And that case was dropped. And that's exactly what would happen here. And I think it's a very smart question to be asking because I think it is very possible that, you know, if, if it got to that point, that Trump would have to drop the lawsuit. All his bluster about wanting to, oh, you know, I want the same way he wants to release his taxes, right? He keeps telling us that he wants to release them. Look, believe me, I want to release it, but I'm under audit. I, I, I just can't, you know? Six, seven years later, I mean, you know, um, Todd, thank you. Let's go to uh, Kentucky and Rob. Rob, what's going on? Hey, yeah, no. I, well, let me start off saying I agree. I think this is pretty, pretty much frivolous, but just <clears throat> playing devil's advocate. 
the government or the police can't ask me as a private citizen to break into somebody's house to acquire evidence that they can't. So could the same argument be made on Trump's side that the Democrats asking Facebook or insisting that they take it off? That is how they were acting as an agent of the government. Um, look, they, they, that's effectively what they are arguing, right? They are arguing that. The problem is that's just not what the law is. The law in terms of someone becoming a state actor, in, and remember, we're not talking about a criminal context here, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about a civil context, and so the law is different. That in the civil context, <clears throat> you have to effectively be serving an exclusively governmental role. You have to be doing something for the government. In the example that, that, you, that you lay out, which is police officer you know, asks citizen to go do something for police officer in the context, you know, wear a wire, right? Um, well, that's a very different kind of story than what we're talking about here. Floyd Abrams, anything to add on that? Yeah, yeah. The only thing I'd add is that look, there are some hard cases in this area that's come up with public access channels a lot. Is it, you know, is that public or not? Is it is it to be treated as the government when the government you know makes a deal and you know says uh, we're we're, we're going to let X Time Inc. Uh, run the, this entity? Uh, I mean, so the uh, the courts struggle with with cases like that, and and that that that's true across the board, but not, not in a situation at all like this. Uh, Rob, thank you. Let's go to uh, Art in California. Art, what's going on? <clears throat> Art, you there? He's on hold? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Let's go to uh, John in New Jersey. John, what's going on? Hello, gentlemen. Um I, I think uh, this whole suit has nothing to do with politics or the First Amendment or any anything else other than grifters got a grift. Um, shortly after his announcement of this big lawsuit, the first thing he did is publish a, a link on uh, on the Internet asking for donations. If you donate now, we'll get five times impact, and Donald Trump will see your name on the list of donors. It's strictly a money hustle. And anybody who doesn't believe that is naive. I'm telling you that right now. Grifters got a grift. And look, I mean, this is, you know, this is such a frivolous legal case that you have to believe that it is either political or financial, right? I mean, he either wants to make a, a statement to, to keep himself. Look, there's no downside for Donald Trump in filing this lawsuit. That's why I was asking um, uh, Floyd Abrams a moment ago whether the lawyers could be sanctioned. Because, you know, for Donald Trump's perspective, great, yes, let's file this lawsuit. Sure, I'll pay the legal fees, or, you know, maybe maybe one of his campaign um, foundations is paying the legal fees, whatever the case may be. But... That's why it is very important to discuss this lawsuit. And to those on the mainstream media and to those, some of you on the left, who say, don't discuss it. You're giving it oxygen. No, you have to discuss it. We have to explain 
why there is no legal merit to it. And if there is no legal merit, then what? And that's John is providing an answer uh, for us. Thank you, John. Let's try Art again. Art in California, you there? Oh, hi, Dan. Yeah, sorry I had you on mute before. Um, I agree with uh, you and Floyd that uh, the First Amendment uh, applies to the government, but it doesn't apply to a private company. Um, I don't know where Trump is getting his legal advice. You would think a former president would get the best legal advice. He can't be talking to Dershowitz, that's for sure. Well, well, but, um, but he's not looking for legal advice. He's looking for people who will help him figure out how to put out this message in the form of a lawsuit. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't have any basis for the lawsuit, and it's not going to go anywhere, and he's going to be embarrassed when it uh, Oh, Of course he won't. Was he embarrassed by all the election uh, cases he brought that all failed? Was he embarrassed by that? No, you can't embarrass Trump, but... uh, you know, it's uh, it's typical of him. You know, he loves to play the victim like uh, he's the one who uh, he's always whining. Um, he's always has these grievances and he'll never sit for a deposition, uh, so, uh, even though he says he will. Uh, of course you he remember will. what happened with with uh, 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 Mueller. Uh, he was going to sit one on one with Mueller. Remember that one? Uh that never went anywhere either. So uh, look, he's not he's I, uh, not sitting for a deposition, which is why I thought that the previous uh, couple of callers ago was very clever in saying, well, it should maybe some of these social media giants say, yeah, you know what? Let's not file to dismiss the case now. Let's move forward. We'll take your deposition. We'll see what uh, what goes from there. Um, thank you. Let's go to Delaware and John. John, what's going on? Hey, I just wanted to say the same exact thing that I mean, all anybody has to do to win a case against Trump that he brings on is just have him sit under oath. He can't help himself but lie. So his lawyers would never allow that. But, uh, you know, and I mean, uh, Floyd Abrams, is there any way that it gets to a point, because there are three different lawsuits here, where let's assume, for, for argument's sake, that one of these three cases, that they get uh, a judge who says, well, you know what? Seems weak, but I'm going to let it move forward. I'm going to let a jury decide this. And that is the ruling. The, is the only way for Donald Trump to avoid having to testify dropping the case? I think that's the only sort of practical way. I mean, he could refuse <laughs> to show up yeah. in which the, yeah. case, the case would be dismissed. You know? Right. Uh, uh, that's what you know what? That's what he would do. That's what he would do. He would say, of course, I'm going to testify this and that. And he would say, you know what? It's become too politicized or, you know, it's clearly I'm not going to get a fair shake. And so I, I, I can't testify as much as I want to. Something like right. that. Or, or he would say it's a Democratic judge. Or right. he would say it is a judge of Mexican uh, d- descendants, as he <laughs> has said. Uh, and, you know, therefore... You know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, Floyd Abrams, my guest and my dad, has been telling us that as a legal matter, there's no merit uh, to the case. And if you look at the numbers of other cases that have been brought, it is also uh, clear, meaning similar types of cases, that um, they all fail. But 
I'm viewing it too much through a legal prism because this is really a political prism. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to Nick. Nick is in New York. Nick, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Dan? Thanks for taking yes. my call. Listen, no. um, in the past, in the recent media, um, you know, hype from from politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the squad, they said that the Democratic Party is foolish for not putting more money into social media because by their admission, without the use of social media, this Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others, without the use of social media, you cannot possibly win an election in the future. With that also, in this new infrastructure plan, Joe Biden is saying that Wi-Fi and the Internet is a need for people. And we've seen that over the course of the pandemic. So now my bigger issue is not Trump. As a conservative, I would say on the face of it, sorry, Don. um, Yeah, I like some of your policies, but you have nothing to stand on here. This is a private organization. However, with this link so closely to politics, I'm wondering if I'm rethinking this because I'm not a lawyer, but what if these tech giants, which we know, according to Mark Zuckerberg, on, on the witness stand, you know, I mean, well, not witness stand, but he took oath saying left the Silicon Valley is overwhelmingly left. So what is, isn't this a little bit convenient that these tech giants have too much power? Um, you know what? We'll just silence the conservatives um, in, on our so- platform that – they don't have a right to be here, and guess what? Now they win elections. That's my biggest. But that's my biggest issue here. It's not so, about so Trump. Just, I don't give a no, rat's so, behind so I, about the, him. I got it. So the first thing I'd say to you is look at the top ten trending stories on Facebook any day. I don't know what they are today, but I promise you they're going to be largely conservative stories that are being shared on Facebook more than any others. Um, so, you know, if the goal of Mark Zuckerberg is to somehow game the system to make sure conservative voices aren't heard, he's doing a very, very bad job of it on Facebook. But your point is a separate one, right? You're making the point more broadly that you are concerned about the amount of power that the tech giants have. That's a fair concern to have. The problem is, as a legal matter, to be viewed as a state actor, as a legal matter, you have to be conducting almost exclusively governmental business. Now, the Trump campaign, AOC and the squad, they all realize the significance, the Russians, everyone realizes the significance and power of social media. It would be like prior to social media, talking about the power of the media as a whole, etc., But unfortunately, I don't think that should lead you to rethink your legal analysis of this legally frivolous case, even if you have broader concerns about social media. Does that make sense? Sure. That's why I figured you got one of the best lawyers in America right there. I mean, no no slot on you, uh, Dan. Well, you know what? Then then I should shut up. Then I should shut up. Dad, what do you make of of Nick's? You know, Nick wants to hear from you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there is a there is not just a genuine a serious issue about the power of social media 
the the enormity of the power of an entity uh, uh, such as Facebook, in particular, the largest one, uh, having you know the 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 power, the authority uh, to run all sorts of things, to have enormous impact on our society, whatever they do or whatever they don't do. I mean, that has that's what's led some people on a bipartisan basis to say that these guys are just too big. There must be a way, not a not something to do with the First Amendment, uh, something to do cl- more closely with antitrust law, you know, or other laws or to pass a new law uh, relating to the size and therefore the power of these entities. Uh, and I mean, it wouldn't. And that that complaint has been made by by President Biden before he was president about their power and the like. I mean, Democrats, too, have been very upset uh, through the years at this decision or that, what they're going to allow, what they're not going to allow. Why are they the gatekeeper of speech in the world? Um, and, uh, you know, the, the answer to that eventually may really have to be some sort of limitation uh, on, on their ability to be as large and controlling as they are. I mean, why does Facebook take out ads saying we're in favor of more regulation? <laughs> they, they want to avoid, they want people, uh, you know, who are for political and, or more important, non-political reasons to sort of get off their back. They don't want to be center stage in the public debate about what to do about them. That, that's not where they want to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, I could really see a time in the future in which this administration or another administration, you know, heads to court and uh, tries to make the case that, that, that there is something akin to monopolistic power in any one of them. The problem is, of course, there are the others. I mean, there there is competition, um, but but uh, look, the effect of all this is that you know we have almost no local newspapers anymore. Uh, the the press as we knew it, as we knew it not many years ago, really doesn't exist in anything like the form, uh, uh, and certainly the the authority and the and the power and the role played. And uh, it, it really wouldn't surprise me at all if down the road, and not necessarily very far down the road, some administration tries to come up with something to try to limit the, the degree of power these organizations have. Nick, thank you. Uh, let's go to Minnesota and Richie. Richie, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, let's see here. I got First, I wanted to say that... Uh, I'm kind of glad that those guys put restrictions on Donald Trump, Twitter, and Facebook. I come to discover that there was a host of people that knew about the attack because it was advertised so far as spoken on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And it bothered me. I mean, I was really outraged. I saw it on a 75-inch flat-screen TV, and I couldn't believe what I was saying with my own eyes. You know, I was in the military. I'm an uh, Air Force vet out of Barstow, California. And the thing is, there's those of us who love this country, and we do what's right within the realm of the country. You know what I mean? We don't take our military laws and go postal, you know, because it was granted to us. 
However, on the flip side of that, I was kind of curious, um, can Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, sue Donald Trump for harassment? Uh, I don't think so. But Floyd Abrams. Uh, uh, no. Uh, for one thing, he has First Amendment rights. Uh, but beyond that, you know, a, a person who is, at least on the face of it, making proposals, however outrageous they may be and insupportable they may be, but nonetheless, uh, making proposals of how to change our society in a way that he's arguing uh, would be best for society are really fully protected in doing so and should be. Um, Richie, thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. Let's... um, uh... You know, Bob, Bob, in New York, I got literally 15, 20 seconds. What do you got? Uh, what's, the, what's the possibility that Donald Trump is doing this so that it goes to the Supreme Court? They're going to appeal. One side's going to win. Right. The other side's got nothing. You know, Floyd he's Abrams. always playing three-dimensional chess. Floyd Abrams. I don't think so. I don't think this will ever get to the court because I don't think any lower court would rule in his favor. Uh, and and uh, I don't think the court is looking for for a chance to enter this this political morass. So I, I think he's going to lose if this case continues quickly and in every court and that it'll never reach the Supreme Court. This has been the Dan Abrams Law and Crime Podcast with Sirius XM Radio.